Good morning, Willow Park Church. All right, we've got life in the front row. Awesome. I'm Dave McLean. I am happy to be able to speak with you this morning, and I must say I am super delighted to share the stage with Jasmine. Yeah! Thank you, my dear. She is awesome. We normally sit over here and I watch Jasmine. Do, I want to hear, I want to see you sign, I am awesome. All right. Woo. I just, we love what you do. We love watching you do this. It's just beautiful, especially in worship. So uh, Jasmine's going to make me look good today. So it is Father's Day. And I got a super cool Father's Day video for you. Enjoy this. Good morning, Willow Park Church. All right. We've got life in the front row. Awesome. I'm Dave McLean. I am happy to be able to speak with you this morning. And I must say, I am super delighted to share the stage with Jasmine. Yeah. Thank you, my dear. She is awesome. We normally sit over here and I watch Jasmine. Do, I want to hear, I want to see you sign, I am awesome. All right. Woo. I just, we love what you do. We love watching you do this. It's just beautiful, especially in worship. So uh, Jasmine's going to make me look good today. So it is Father's Day. And I got a super cool Father's Day video for you. Enjoy this. All right. Do we have a few dads in the house? Stand up, dads. Stand up, dads. You gotta love dads. Let's have some hip, hip, hoorays for dads. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. All right, dads, way to go. Where did that come from, hip, hip, hooray? Who invented that? I have no idea. You gotta love being a dad. My favorite line in that video is, playing rough, fixing stuff. It's the dad life. We have two sons, David and Benjamin. They are now 24 and 23. And you gotta understand, dads, who may have younger kids, when your kids are little, you gotta let them win. In the rest, oh, you're so strong. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And you got to flop on the floor and let them think, you know, they got this strength. When they get older, that's got to change, dads. <laughs> when they hit those teen years, they got to know who's in charge and who's the boss. You show them you got the power, but then there comes a time when the balance of power shifts. And this is when you become really magnanimous and kind and say, whoa, yeah, that's right. I don't have time to wrestle right now, son. <laughs> I'm at that stage. I'm, I, <laughs> I remember once, I don't know how old David was, 13 or whatever, and uh, we'd been taking some martial arts stuff, so we were, you know, doing a little bit of fighting, and I thought, I'm going to throw a roundhouse at him, you know, just, just playing. So I went to do this roundhouse kick, and he stepped forward right when I did that, hit him right in the head, boom, knocked him to the ground. I felt so bad. David, are you okay? He just turns up and goes, right in the solar plexus. That was the day he learned, I can hurt my dad if I hit him in just the right spot. So I want to show you my favorite father-son picture. This was 15 years ago. We were staying at the Fantasyland Hotel at the West Edmonton Mall in the truck suite. The boys actually sleep in the back of a pickup truck in the room, and it's got a hot tub. This was the hot tub, so we thought, let's flex for mom. So you see David, I mean, he is, he's got looks that could kill right. He's trying to be as fierce as possible. Benjamin's just trying to figure out what flexing looks like. <laughs> so we had lots of great adventures over the years. We went There's actually great caving up above the Kettle Valley Railway there. We found some amazing places uh, that we'd crawl into. Lots of mountain climbing, lots of hiking. This is the top of uh, Mount Quinisco and Cathedral Lakes. Uh, Lots of boating, getting out there on the lake together, just sharing time. This was David and I hiking up Lake O'Hara. Just love being a dad, doing 
dad stuff. And dads are special people. And it's great that we've got a day today that we can say, dads, thank you for who you are, for what you do, that you know how to play rough and fix stuff. That's great. And obviously being a dad is far more than that. So we love it. So I want to talk today about fatherhood. And and, uh, ladies, I'm going to talk a little bit to the men there's going to be something for all of us, but I'm going to speak specifically to the men at a couple of points. So if you can bear with me when we do that. So this is where our sons are at now. We've got to that point where they're graduating. David, a year ago, graduated from university. Benjamin, just last week, graduated from university. So it's a different kind of fathering now, and I understand you never stop being a father. It's not right, no matter how old your kids get. So we're shifting into a different stage in our relationship now and learning what does it look like to be a father and to love our kids when they're a little farther away. David lives in Ottawa now. Benjamin's going to be moving out in September, but staying in Kelowna. So the journey continues, the epic adventure of fatherhood and parenthood. That's a beautiful privilege. So I want to tell you a story. I saw this movie years ago. We were soldiers. I was actually sitting on a plane, and I, had a, I just bought a computer that had a DVD player in it. You remember way back when, when computers actually had DVD players in them? And I was going to watch this movie on the plane. I was super excited, and I looked at the cover. And when I looked at the cover, I felt like the Lord just whispered to me. And it had to do with this. Fathers, brothers, husbands, sons. Basically, these were the men that went off to war in this movie. And I feel like the Lord just whispered to me and say, that's true, but wrong order. And I thought, well, what does that mean? So it began a journey where I was asking the Lord to help me to understand what he was wanting to show me. And what he began to show me was, there's a sequence to our lives as men. And the foundation upon which everything is built is this. We're sons first. We have to understand that we are beloved sons of our Heavenly Father. Our identity has to be rooted deeply in that truth, built on the rock-solid foundation that we are beloved sons of our Father. It's not about how talented we are, how successful we are, what we can do, how we can prove ourselves. It's not about who we are and what we do. It's about whose we are. We are our Father's sons, our Heavenly Father who delights in us. And when we understand we're beloved sons, then we know what it means to be brothers and to walk with other men, to live in community because life is a team game. And when we understand how to walk in community together, we can understand more what it means to be a husband. And then leading on, what does it mean to be a father? And I believe to be a father, you've got to be a son. That our fatherhood is built on the understanding, the revelation that we're beloved sons of our Father in heaven. And ladies, I don't think it's any different for you. You need to know you're a beloved daughter of your heavenly Father. We all have a daddy who delights in us who we're created to be in the family of God, to be beloved children of God. And it's so important, we look at Jesus' baptism. There's twice in Scripture, in the New Testament, when God speaks audibly to Jesus, where other people can hear it. One at the transfiguration and one at his baptism. And he says the same thing both times. Here's what he says. As he was praying, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended, came down on Jesus. And along with the spirit of voice, God the Father speaks, You are my Son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. This is a beaming Father. Now, God could have said anything. He could have said, This is the Savior of the world. This is the Messiah. This is God made flesh, come to change the course of history. This is the fulcrum of time. But what did He say? This is my son. You are my son. I love you. And I'm totally proud of you. This to me gives us a glimpse into the heart of our father. What his heart is toward us. 
We're his beloved children, and his desire is for us to walk in relationship with him as his children. And we see this in in the Old Testament. God says, I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me Father and not turn away from following me. Do you hear the longing in God's heart there? I thought you would call me Father. But many haven't. They've turned away and not called God Father. And he said this, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. And what this means is, I want my children to find your life in me. That you would drink deeply of the living water, the true life, the real life that you've been created to live in. The heart of God on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to find your life in me to drink from the living water that I have for you. But sin says, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it God's way. We try to dig our own wells. We try to find our own water. We try to find life for ourselves apart from God. And we miss the heart of our Father. We miss what He's saying to us. The life that He has for us. The essence for which we have been created. But Jesus came to change the rules of the game. What was it all about in Romans 8, 15 and 16? Paul tells us this resurrection life that you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are. Father and children. That's the essence of the relationship that God's created you, created me, created us to function in as beloved children of our Heavenly Father. But our sin, that in us that says, no, I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. I'm going to find life apart from God. I'm going to do what I want, not what God wants. Separates us. And we're not part of the family of God. And Jesus came to make a way that we could be born again into the family of God as beloved children of our Heavenly Father. An epic, beautiful relationship with Father where we say, Papa, what do you got for us today? When our boys were little, they loved adventure. We would, we would do a wide range of crazy stuff together. They loved going out and doing things. And every day, they would get up and they'd say to Anne or they'd say to me, we are going to be doing something today. Like It's not quite a, cre- a question. It's sort of an affirmative close. We're doing something today. And it's that expectation to say, we love doing life with you. We're going to do things today. And this is the essence of what our heart toward our Father can be. Papa, what do you have for us today? It's not a life filled with guilt and shame, a timid, grave-tending life. It's not a life spent in fear and anxiety and hopelessness and despair and discouragement and heaviness. It's a life where we've been set free by the love of our Father. By the work and the love of Jesus Christ that we can be in relationship with our Father who delights in us. And Paul talks about this again in Galatians. Oops. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as His own children because God sent the Spirit of His Son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father, Daddy. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave? You're a child. There's a beautiful freedom that God has for us because He loves us. We sang that today. How He loves, how He loves. He keeps pursuing us in His love. And your life, I have no doubt, if we were able to sit down and I had the privilege of talking one-on-one with you, I would discover that your life is a story on two fronts. One, the pain that you have suffered at the hands of a spiritual enemy 
who's utterly opposed to you discovering the love of God. Who's utterly opposed to you discovering the life that God has for you. And on the other hand, your father who's pursued you relentlessly with his love. To rescue you through the redeeming work of Jesus. To be born again into the family of God. To be set free from that which has been oppressing. That which is wounded and destroyed. That we might know what it is to be beloved children. Because God relentlessly pursues us. Jeremiah 31.3 God told them, I never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love, and more love. God relentlessly pursues us to shower us with his love. And here is something that we need to understand. And men in particular, I know, deal with this. And I have no doubt that ladies probably as well. But men, we believe that God's primary attitude toward us is disappointment. You're not quite good enough. You just keep falling short. And, you know, Jesus paid the price. So, you know, that's okay, but you don't quite measure up. You're, you're a big disappointment. And the reality is that's not true. It's not true at all. God's heart toward us is delight, not disappointment. Our Father relentlessly pursues us with love, 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 because He delights in us. He delights in us as His children. Scripture is very clear about that. Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In His love, He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. God delights in us. And He rejoices over us with singing. Let that sink in for a bit. He actually sings songs of love and delight over us, and I have heard them. When I'm out alone, whether I'm praying or doing whatever, God will speak to me through music. And this scripture comes to mind, and he says, I'm singing this over you. And I had a profound moment. One of my clients, I'm an entrepreneur. I had a marketing agency and a sports marketing agency, and one of our clients was Revelstoke Mountain Resort. And I was driving up there in September. It was a bright, sunny day. It was warm. I had a convertible Jeep at the time. I had the top down in the Jeep. Any of you dads love convertibles? You know what I'm talking about. Tops down. It's just your happy place. The sun is shining. I'm going up to a great client. I'm surrounded by mountains. I went to Starbucks. I bought a caramel macchiato, which is a very manly drink. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And I bought a James Taylor cover CD, and I slid it in the CD player in my Jeep. And this song starts to play. And while the song's playing, my eyes start to fill with tears. And that, to me, is a sign God's up to something. And I said, Lord, what are you, what's going on? And this scripture comes to mind. And I hear him whisper, I'm singing this song over you. And this is the song. You gotta love it when God speaks to you through James Taylor. Like a snowball rolling down the side of a snow-covered Snowball rolling down the side of a snow-covered it's hill. Growing. It's growing. Like the What's size growing? of the fist that the man cleaned. Like the size of the fish. God. It's, it's growing. growing. Like a rosebud blooming in the warmth of the like summer sun. Like a rosebud blooming in the warmth of the summer sun. It's growing. growing. Like a tale by the time it's been like told. Like a tale by the time it's been told by more than one. It's growing. What is it's growing? growing? Here it is. Every, Every day. Grows it grows a little more. Than it was on the day before. What? What is this? My love for you just grows and grows. Whoa, 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 how it grows and grows. Where it's gonna stop, I'm sure that nobody knows. Here's the angels. Hey, hey, hey. Nobody My love for you. Oh, thank you. 
This is God saying, my love for you grows, and it grows. It's infinite. Isn't it great working together? I love you. This is our Father saying, my love for you grows, and it grows, and it grows. It's infinite. It just keeps expanding. And as I drove, I just drank in my Father's love. Just drank in His love. My love for you grows and it grows. Where it stops, nobody knows because it's infinite. And we can experience that. Saying, Father, I want to know your love. I want to know your delight. I want to know the depth and the breadth, how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God, our Father in us. And we need to understand there's two families actually, with two fathers. It's the Father of lights. James describes God the Father as the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And Scripture describes Satan as the Father of lies. So all he does is lies. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy the life that God our Father has for us. And Jesus came to make a way to set us free from the lies and the dominion of the enemy. Satan and the demonic forces that want to see us miss the heart of God and all that he has for us. And there's two different cultures to these families. Love versus hatred. Life versus death. Health versus sickness. Hope versus despair. Encouragement versus discouragement. Joy versus sadness. Belonging community versus loneliness. Courage versus fear. Peace versus anxiety and conflict. This is the culture of our Father who delights in us. This is the culture of our Father who pursues us and says, come and become my children through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Before we met Jesus, we were trapped in this family. And if you don't know Jesus today, you're trapped in this culture. The two houses and across the street, is the house of God. And Jesus is standing at the door. And he's saying, you can come on in. All we got to do is walk across the street say, Jesus, thank you that you paid the price that I can become a beloved child of my heavenly Father. You paid a price that I can be forgiven for my sin, for doing it my way instead of God's way. I want to become a beloved child of my heavenly Father. And Jesus says, absolutely, come on in. And he opens the door and we enter the family of God. We're born again into the family of God as a beloved son, as a beloved daughter of our Heavenly Father. That's good news. Because you have a father who pursues you. I want to share with you a movie clip that I think demonstrates this. It's from a movie called Blood Diamond. And if you haven't seen the movie Blood Diamond, it takes place in Africa. It has to do with the diamond trade and how wicked that can be. And there's this evil general that leads an African army that goes into villages, like the the LRA, like the Lord's Resistance Army. And he takes the children hostage, kills some of the men. They take the women and the men to go work in the diamond mines. And the boys, they turn into child soldiers. They destroy them. And we know this happens, obviously. And this one particular father and his family lived at peace in their village until this army came in. And he was not killed but taken as a worker and his son was kidnapped to be a child soldier and they completely rewired him. Changed. Stole his youth. And ruined him. And this father, the whole movie, is pursuing his son. He wants to get his son back and he's doing everything he can to find his son. And then Leonardo DiCaprio, the character played by him, is trying to get this diamond that the father had discovered. So he's sort of manipulating him uh, to get the diamond. But the scene that I want to show you here is they've come to the camp. They've been able to get rid of the, the people that were running the camp and he's been looking for his son, but he can't find him. And they've just dug up this diamond and now his son appears. And his son comes as an enemy wanting to kill them. And I want you to look at this as the heart of our Father toward us. Those of us who are alienated and enemies of God and see what his heart 
is toward us. Good morning, Willow Park Church. All right, we've got life in the front row. Awesome. I'm Dave McLean. I am happy to be able to speak with you this morning, and I must say I am super delighted to share the stage with Jasmine. Yeah! Thank you, my dear. She is awesome. We normally sit over here and I watch Jasmine. I want to hear, I want to see you sign, I am awesome. All right! I just, we love what you do. We love watching you do this. It's just beautiful, especially in worship. So uh, Jasmine's going to make me look good today. So it is Father's Day, and I got a super cool Father's Day video for you. Enjoy this. All right. Do we have a few dads in the house? Stand up, dads. Stand up, dads. You gotta love dads. Let's have some hip hip hoorays for dads. Hip hip hooray. Hip hip hooray. Hip hip hooray. All right, dads, way to go. Where did that come from, hip hip hooray? Who invented that? I have no idea. You gotta love being a dad. My favorite line in that video is playing rough, fixing stuff. It's the dad life. We have two sons, David and Benjamin. They are now 24 and 23. And you got to understand, dads, who may have younger kids, when your kids are little, you got to let them win in the rest. Oh, you're so strong. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And you got to flop on the floor and let them think, you know, they got this strength. When they get older, that's got to change, dads. <laughs> when they hit those teen years, they got to know who's in charge and who's the boss. You show them you got the power, but then there comes a time when the balance of power shifts. And this is when you become really magnanimous and kind and say, whoa, yeah, that's right. I don't have time to wrestle right now, son. (laughs) I'm at that stage. (laughs) I remember once... I don't know how old David was, 13 or whatever, and uh, we'd been taking some martial arts stuff, so we were, you know, doing a little bit of fighting, and I thought, I'm going to throw a roundhouse at him, you know, just, just playing. So I went to do this roundhouse kick, and he stepped forward right when I did that, hit him right in the head, boom, knocked him to the ground. I felt so bad. David, are you okay? He just turns up and goes, boom, right in the solar plexus. That was the day he learned, I can hurt my dad if I hit him in just the right spot. So I want to show you my favorite father-son picture. This was 15 years ago. We were staying at the Fantasyland Hotel at the West Edmonton Mall in the truck suite. The boys actually sleep in the back of a pickup truck in the room, and it's got a hot tub. This was the hot tub, so we thought, let's flex for mom. So you see David, I mean, he is, he's got looks that could kill right. He's trying to be as fierce as possible. Benjamin's just trying to figure out what flexing looks like. <laughs> so we had lots of great adventures over the years. We went caving. There's actually great caving up above the Kettle Valley Railway there. We found some amazing places uh, that we'd crawl into. Lots of mountain climbing, lots of hiking. This is the top of uh, Mount Quinisco and Cathedral Lakes. Uh, Lots of boating, getting out there on the lake together, just sharing time. This was David and I hiking up Lake O'Hara. Just love being a dad, doing dad stuff. And dads are special people. And it's great that we've got a day today that we can say, Dads, thank you for who you are, for what you do, that you know how to play rough and fix stuff. That's great. And obviously being a dad is far more than that. So we love it. So I want to talk today about fatherhood. And and, uh, ladies, I'm going to talk a little bit to the men. There's going to be something for all of us, but I'm going to speak specifically to the men at a couple of points. So if you can bear with me when we do that. So this is where our sons are at now. We've got to that point where They're graduating. David, a year ago, graduated from university. Benjamin, just last week, graduated from university. So it's a different kind of fathering now, and I understand you never stop being a father. Isn't that right? No matter how old your kids get. 
So we're shifting into a different stage in our relationship now and learning what does it look like to be a father and to love our kids when they're a little farther away. David lives in Ottawa now. Benjamin's going to be moving out in September, but staying in Kelowna. So the journey continues, the epic adventure of fatherhood and parenthood. That's a beautiful privilege. So I want to tell you a story. I saw this movie years ago. We were soldiers. I was actually sitting on a plane, and I, had a, I just bought a computer that had a DVD player in it. You remember way back when, when computers actually had DVD players in them? And I was going to watch this movie on the plane. I was super excited, and I looked at the cover. And when I looked at the cover, I felt like the Lord just whispered to me, And it had to do with this, fathers, brothers, husbands, sons. Basically, these were the men that went off to war in this movie. And I feel like the Lord just whispered to me and say, that's true, but wrong order. And I thought, what does that mean? So it began a journey where I was asking the Lord to help me to understand what he was wanting to show me. And what he began to show me was, there's a sequence to our lives as men. And the foundation upon which everything is built is this. We're sons first. We have to understand that we are beloved sons of our Heavenly Father. Our identity has to be rooted deeply in that truth, built on the rock-solid foundation that we are beloved sons of our Father. It's not about how talented we are, how successful we are, what we can do, how we can prove ourselves. It's not about who we are and what we do. It's about whose we are. We are our Father's sons, our Heavenly Father who delights in us. And when we understand we're beloved sons, then we know what it means to be brothers and to walk with other men, to live in community because life is a team game. And when we understand how to walk in community together, we can understand more what it means to be a husband. And then leading on, what does it mean to be a father? And I believe to be a father, you've got to be a son. That our fatherhood is built on the understanding, the revelation that we're beloved sons of our Father in heaven. And ladies, I don't think it's any different for you. You need to know you're a beloved daughter of your heavenly father. We all have a daddy who delights in us. Who we're created to be in the family of God. To be beloved children of God. And it's so important. We look at Jesus' baptism. There's twice in scripture in the New Testament when God speaks audibly to Jesus. Where other people can hear it. One at the transfiguration and one at his baptism. And he says the same thing both times. Here's what he says. As he was praying, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit like a dove descended, came down on Jesus. And along with the Spirit of voice, God the Father speaks, You are my Son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. This is a beaming Father. Now God could have said anything. He could have said, This is the Savior of the world. This is the Messiah. This is God made flesh, come to change the course of history. This is the fulcrum of time. But what did he say? This is my son. You are my son. I love you. And I'm totally proud of you. This to me gives us a glimpse into the heart of our father. What his heart is toward us. We're his beloved children and his desire is for us to walk in relationship with him as his children. And we see this in in the Old Testament. God says, I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me. Do you hear the longing in God's heart there? I thought you would call me Father. But many haven't. They've turned away and not called God Father. And he said this, My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. And what this means is, 
I want my children to find your life in me. That you would drink deeply of the living water, the true life, the real life that you've been created to live in. The heart of God on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to find your life in me to drink from the living water that I have for you. But sin says, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it God's way. We try to dig our own wells. We try to find our own water. We try to find life for ourselves apart from God. And we miss the heart of our Father. We miss what He's saying to us. The life that He has for us. The essence for which we have been created. But Jesus came to change the rules of the game. And what was it all about in Romans 8, 15 and 16? Paul tells us this resurrection life that you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are. Father and children. That's the essence of the relationship that God's created you, created me, created us to function in as beloved children of our Heavenly Father. But our sin, that in us that says, no, I'm going to do it my way, not God's way. I'm going to find life apart from God. I'm going to do what I want, not what God wants. Separates us. And we're not part of the family of God. And Jesus came to make a way that we could be born again into the family of God as beloved children of our Heavenly Father. An epic, beautiful relationship with Father where we say, Papa, what do you got for us today? When our boys were little, they loved adventure. We would, we would do a wide range of crazy stuff together. They loved going out and doing things. And every day, they would get up and they'd say to Anne or they'd say to me, we are going to be doing something today. Like It's not quite a, crush, a question. It's sort of an affirmative close. We're doing something today. And it's that expectation to say, we love doing life with you. We're going to do things today. And this is the essence of what our heart toward our Father can be. Papa, what do you have for us today? It's not a life filled with guilt and shame, a timid, grave-tending life. It's not a life spent in fear and anxiety and hopelessness and despair and discouragement and heaviness. It's a life where we've been set free by the love of our Father. By the work and the love of Jesus Christ that we can be in relationship with our Father who delights in us. And Paul talks about this again in Galatians. Oops. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as His own children because God sent the Spirit of His Son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father, Daddy. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave? You're a child. There's a beautiful freedom that God has for us because He loves us. We sang that today. How He loves, how He loves. He keeps pursuing us in His love. And your life, I have no doubt, if we were able to sit down and I had the privilege of talking one-on-one with you, I would discover that your life is a story on two fronts. One, the pain that you have suffered at the hands of a spiritual enemy who's utterly opposed to you discovering the love of God. Who's utterly opposed to you discovering the life that God has for you. And on the other hand, your Father who's pursued you relentlessly with His love. To rescue you through the redeeming work of Jesus. To be born again into the family of God. To be set free from that which has been oppressing. That which is wounded and destroyed. That we might know what it is to be beloved children. Because God relentlessly pursues us. Jeremiah 31.3 God told them, I never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love, and more love. 
God relentlessly pursues us to shower us with his love. And here is something that we need to understand. And men in particular, I know, deal with this. And I have no doubt that ladies probably as well. But men, we believe that God's primary attitude toward us is disappointment. You're not quite good enough. You just keep falling short. And, you know, Jesus paid the price. So, you know, that's okay, but you don't quite measure up. You're, you're a big disappointment. And the reality is that's not true. It's not true at all. God's heart toward us is delight, not disappointment. Our Father relentlessly pursues us with love, 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 because He delights in us. He delights in us as His children. Scripture is very clear about that. Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In His love, He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. God delights in us. And He rejoices over us with singing. Let that sink in for a bit. He actually sings songs of love and delight over us, and I have heard them. When I'm out alone, whether I'm praying or doing whatever, God will speak to me through music. And this scripture comes to mind, and he says, I'm singing this over you. And I had a profound moment. One of my clients, I'm an entrepreneur. I had a marketing agency and a sports marketing agency, and one of our clients was Revelstoke Mountain Resort. And I was driving up there in September. It was a bright, sunny day. It was warm. I had a convertible Jeep at the time. I had the top down in the Jeep. Any of you dads love convertibles? You know what I'm talking about. Tops down. It's just your happy place. The sun is shining. I'm going up to a great client. I'm surrounded by mountains. I went to Starbucks. I bought a caramel macchiato, which is a very manly drink. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And I bought a James Taylor cover CD, and I slid it in the CD player in my Jeep. And this song starts to play. And while the song's playing, my eyes start to fill with tears. And that, to me, is a sign God's up to something. And I said, Lord, what are you, what's going on? And this scripture comes to mind. And I hear him whisper, I'm singing this song over you. And this is the song. You got to love it when God speaks to you through James Taylor. Like a snowball rolling down the side of a snow-covered Snowball hill. rolling down the side of a snow-covered it's hill. Growing. It's growing. Like the What's size growing? of the fist that the man claimed. Like the size of the fish. God. It's, it's growing. growing. Like a rosebud blooming in the warmth of the like summer sun. Like a rosebud blooming in the warmth of the summer sun. It's growing. growing. Like a tale by the time it's been like told. Like a tale by the time it's been told by more than one. It's growing. What is it's growing? growing? Here it is. Every, Every day. Grows it grows a little more. more. Than it was on the day before. What? What is this? My love for you just grows and grows. Whoa, 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 how it grows and grows. Where it's gonna stop, I'm sure that nobody knows. Here's the angels. Hey, hey, hey. Nobody My love for you. Oh. This is God saying, my love for you grows, and it grows. It's infinite. Isn't it great working together? <laughs> I love you. This is our Father saying, my love for you grows, and it grows, and it grows. It's infinite. It just keeps expanding. And as I drove, I just drank in my Father's love. Just drank in his love. My love for you grows and it grows. Where it stops, nobody knows because it's infinite. And we can experience that. Saying, Father, I want to know your love. I want to know your delight. I want to know the depth and the breadth, how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God, our Father in us.
And we need to understand there's two families, actually, with two fathers. It's the Father of lights. James describes God the Father as the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And Scripture describes Satan as the father of lies. So all he does is lies. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy the life that God our Father has for us. And Jesus came to make a way to set us free from the lies and the dominion of the enemy. Satan and the demonic forces that want to see us miss the heart of God and all that he has for us. And there's two different cultures to these families. Love versus hatred. Life versus death. Health versus sickness. Hope versus despair. Encouragement versus discouragement. Joy versus sadness. Belonging and community versus loneliness. Courage versus fear. Peace versus anxiety and conflict. This is the culture of our Father who delights in us. This is the culture of our Father who pursues us and says, Come and become my children through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Before we met Jesus, we were trapped in this family. And if you don't know Jesus today, you're trapped in this culture. The two houses and across the street is the house of God. And Jesus is standing at the door. And he's saying, you can come on in. All we got to do is walk across the street Say, Jesus, thank you that you paid the price that I can become a beloved child of my Heavenly Father. You paid a price that I can be forgiven for my sin, for doing it my way instead of God's way. I want to become a beloved child of my Heavenly Father. And Jesus says, absolutely, come on in. And he opens the door and we enter the family of God. We're born again into the family of God as a beloved son, as a beloved daughter of our Heavenly Father. That's good news. Because you have a father who pursues you. I want to share with you a movie clip that I think demonstrates this. It's from a movie called Blood Diamond. And if you haven't seen the movie Blood Diamond, it takes place in Africa. It has to do with the diamond trade and how wicked that can be. And there's this evil general that leads an African army that goes into villages, like the, the LRA, like the Lord's Resistance Army. And he takes the children hostage, kills some of the men. They take the women and the men to go work in the diamond mines. And the boys, they turn into child soldiers. They destroy them. And we know this happens, obviously. And this one particular father and his family lived at peace in their village until this army came in. And he was not killed but taken as a worker. And his son was kidnapped to be a child soldier, and they completely rewired him, changed, stole his youth, and ruined him. And this father, the whole movie, is pursuing his son. He wants to get his son back, and he's doing everything he can to find his son. And then Leonardo DiCaprio, the character played by him, is trying to get this diamond that the father had discovered, so he's sort of manipulating him Uh, to get the diamond. But the scene that I want to show you here is they've come to the camp. They've been able to get rid of the the people that were running the camp and he's been looking for somebody, can't find him. And they've just dug up this diamond and now his son appears and his son comes as an enemy wanting to kill them. And I want you to look at this as the heart of our Father toward us those of us who are alienated and enemies of God, and see what his heart is toward us. It's a powerful picture of our Father who knows we're his children that he loves and delights in. He says, come home. Come home. I know who you are. I know your heart. And I love you. And there's a place for you in my family because of what Jesus has done. Jesus said, I'm the road. Also the truth, also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. You've even seen him. Jesus came to make a way that we might 
be reconciled with our Father, to come home and be part of the family of God. And those of us who know Jesus may still need to understand who the Father is, that His heart toward us is delight and not disappointment. And I know there are some people here today who don't know Jesus and don't know the Father. And this could be the best Father's Day you've ever experienced. Because it's your time to say, Father, I want to come home. I don't want to be an enemy of God. I don't want to be a part of the family of God. I want to accept Jesus and the work that He's done for me so that I can come home and know my Father. We can do that today. So let's pray. And the band's going to come up. We'll pray. And then this last song that the band's going to play is a declaration of truth that we can declare. And it can be your prayer as well. If you want to make that transition out of the family led by the father of lies into the family led by the father of lights. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you pursue us with your love. We can expect love, love, love from you. And Jesus, thank you that you have made a way for us to be forgiven for doing things our way and not our Father's way. That we can be set free from our sin. That we can be born again out of the family of darkness led by the Father of lies. We can be free of discouragement and despair and hopelessness and fear and anxiety and enmity and hatred and jealousy and lust and anger. We can be free of that to be part of the family of God. And Father, those of us who know Jesus and who've received your gift of salvation, Lord, would you help us to know your heart, Father? Help us to wake up each day with that expectant, Papa, we love you. And Lord, for those of us who may not know you today, who don't know the redeeming work of Jesus, who haven't received the forgiveness of Jesus to be set free of our sin and be born again out of the family of darkness into the family of God. Lord, would you help each one to simply walk across the street to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to be part of the family of God. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for making a way for me to be set free from my sin in the domain of darkness and be born again into the family of God. Would you help me to be born again by the Spirit of God as a beloved son, as a beloved daughter of my Heavenly Father? We love you, Lord. In your name, Jesus. Amen.